Hi, and welcome to the Making the Media podcast with me, Craig Wilson. It's great to have you with us for another episode, delving deep behind the scenes of the news and entertainment industry. In this episode, we're going to focus on the increasingly important topic of data journalism, its role in changing how stories are told, and the way it can expose underlying issues often overlooked in the headlines. Our guest this week is Sunita Bhatti, who's the head of regions for Channel 4 News in the UK. Having started out in newspapers, Sunita worked in a variety of editorial roles at the BBC before taking on the post as Channel 4 opened a new base in Leeds in the north of England. Channel 4 News is known for its distinctive voice and in-depth approach to news coverage and recently appointed a data correspondent, Kieran Jenkins, as part of a push to use data to provide greater explanation and detail to their stories. So before we discuss data journalism and the way Channel 4 hope it can complement their coverage, here is Sunita explaining a bit more about the ethos of their news programming. The Channel 4 News brand is very much in keeping with the channel, Channel 4, and that's taking a slightly different look at things and focusing on diversity of voices, diversity of stories, and... um, Always with a sort of slight cheekiness, a slight bit of mischief to it. We've got um, um, a longer program than most than most bulletins have. Um, we're on later, so we're on at seven o'clock, as opposed to you know between six and seven, as as perhaps some of our other competitors do. And I think that we've just got more time to tell stories. Um, our packages tend to be much longer. We're able to offer more in-depth analysis. And we've got a real passion for those social affairs stories and those investigations. And I think within the UK, that is, you know, that's what the Channel 4 News brand is known for, as well as incredible foreign journalism. And I'm so proud to be a part of this newsroom that's so well known for telling those stories from across the globe. And I've been, I've been really amazed at the, the, strength of such a small I guess of such a small news gathering team but to deliver such high-end journalism and um I think that 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 breadth and that analysis means that you know we've got a very uh, loyal audience um on linear output but actually a massively growing audience on social media and on those digital platforms as well so um you know, we're going from strength to strength. Yeah, so lots of things in there that I think we'll unpack as we as we as we talk through um, uh, the sort of rest of the uh, of the of the podcast, Anita. But let's talk specifically about sort of data journalism and the, the new correspondent you've created and the unit that you've set up there. You you talked there about the fact that you know, Channel Four has a longer program that you're able to explore issues in a bit more depth. What is it about data journalism you think can help? Um, tell stories in that kind of way and explain stories in a slightly different way? So I think that we're, by being able to use data journalism and and data, we're able just to unpack a bit more of the story for the audience. Um, I think these days people are so accustomed to getting their news in in a variety of, of media that actually when they're I mean, to watch us on on linear output or perhaps looking at us on digital platforms, they might well know a lot of the bare bones of a particular story. 
So we are looking at what's the extra bit of information or analysis that we can provide that tells our audience something that's really important that they need to know about that story. And I think by having Kieran Jenkins in that role, you know, he's he's a Channel News stalwart, but he's been with us since 2012 and he's always worked out of London. Um, he's really passionate and really creative in his storytelling. Um, and, I, and I just think Kieran is able to um, bring to our audience just more of that analysis um, in in the storytelling that we're, that we're all, you know, we're all within this busy media landscape. We're all trying to find, you know, that's something special that separates us. And I think that this is just building on what Channel 4 News has been has been known for in our reputation. Um, we've got a, we've had a fact check service that's primarily been delivering um, on digital. I mean, there's so much information that's out there for people to digest that actually being able to come to a trusted, reliable news service and know what you're getting and having that extra analysis will, you know, I think it's um, I think it's a really interesting time for us. Yeah, I mean, I often used to think that, um, you know, access to information for people is greater now than it's probably ever been. But I'm not entirely convinced that audiences are actually better informed than than they ever were. And I think part of that is to do with there's so much information that, that's out there. Um, so bringing it back to the, the sort of data journalism, it, is part of it also about potentially identifying stories that are perhaps underreported because... You have this opportunity to look at things in a slightly different way compared to, let's say, the more traditional media that are looking for a 90-second or a 60-second package on something. Absolutely. And I think that um, when you're looking at stories often, as you as you were saying, if, you, if you've got a limited amount of time, maybe 90 seconds to sort of three minutes, there's only so much information that you can pack in and you're probably serving a wider general news audience, aren't you? Whereas it, we're, if what Kieran's doing is perhaps um, the second element of a of a sequence, then actually we know that the audience has received those sort of um, what we we in the business would call those top lines, what the audience would see as sort of the most important news of the day. But actually, just to unpack it a bit a bit further, whether that's sort of a deep dive into what's behind teachers going on strike and and what are some of the problems with the workforce there or um, uh, interest rate decisions and what that impacts, you know, down at a granular level as opposed to talking in broad terms about about mortgages and that sort of thing. I think um, I think by using by using Kieran and, and focusing on the data, as you say, we can we can look at stuff in a bit more a bit more depth, a bit more detail, and really give our audience um some of that greater analysis that we we know they want because we see the we see the fact that they're looking at what we're doing on on digital platforms and social media and it's going down really well. I think trust is something else that you sort of raised there as well. Um and, and obviously Channel 4 News is very much seen as a trusted news brand for all the reasons that you've that you've outlined there as well. How is it, how do you, important do you think that is when you're trying to also build that online presence that you've discussed, that there is that trust in the brand to start with? I mean, I think it's, um, I think it's imperative. If you don't, if you can't trust the brand, then why would you be looking at what they're, 
what they're telling you. And um, I think as we've expanded our reach across other social media platforms and of late, you know, predominantly doing um, more in the TikTok space, I think those younger audiences, as you say, are perhaps being bombarded with information and trying to digest what's right and what's what's wrong you know whether that's you know working out what's what's fake news or disinformation or just an explanation behind actually what do these figures actually mean um we when one of the first stories that we did was looking at the the backlog on um migrants and how politicians can you know perhaps talk about a backlog as being a certain set of figures, but actually if you look at it in closer detail, it's because they've set an arbitrary cutoff point and that's the amount of people that they're talking about when actually that figure is continuing continuing to grow because time keeps passing. And um, so I think just being able to point to some of those um nuances within data is is really important and particularly for for younger audiences who are used to getting their information in a in a digital platform yeah it, it's interesting you mentioned TikTok there you know so many of the organizations that we've spoken to particularly in this season um of the podcast have referred to the importance of of, of TikTok and I think when TikTok started a few years ago probably seeing it as a news platform was probably one of the last things that that people would necessarily identify with it um, one of the things I wanted to ask about was about how the stories are told, because I think data can be something that could be seen as boring. And it's like it, one of the things, the key things about it is about how it's told. So, you know, I've obviously seen some of the stories that, 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 that's been done um, recently. So I'm aware of the new studio that you have in Leeds and how things are told. But maybe explain a little bit about how you take that raw data and then try to make that, you know, interesting and engaging to watch as much as anything else as, about the information. Absolutely. And that's a really big challenge. Thankfully, we've got this beautiful data wall, which is sort of 10 feet long. And we've in our in our new studio, we've got four robotic cameras, which, you know, don't get me wrong, aren't without their challenges. And and um, our directorial and gallery team are doing a tremendous job of making that all happen. Um, luckily for us at Channel 4 News, we've got a brilliant graphics department who are incredibly innovative. And they have been involved in each of the stories that we've done and all of the stories that we'll be doing from the start. They are very much part and parcel of the conversation. And so by working collaboratively together, and at the moment, you know, this is a new role, this is a this is a new thing for us. So we, you know, perhaps we'll make mistakes on the way. Um, but we are trying to focus on providing the audience with a question that we are trying to provide an answer to. And um, hopefully you will have seen, Craig, that Kieran is very much trying to guide the audience through that question and using the data to really explain what the answers are. And I think Kieran, unlike um, perhaps some other journalists who who do similar similar things, um, has been really keen that he doesn't want to be someone that's stood static at a wall. He, you know, there's he's doing there's a lot of movement within our graphics he's moving around and he's explaining what's being unveiled in the screen alongside him so hopefully through that kind of um meticulous storytelling i would describe it as you know really guiding the audience through that i'm hoping that we'll be putting through in a way to our audience that perhaps some of our competitors just aren't aren't able to 
And do you see there's an appetite for that on all of the platforms that you're serving? So, we, you know, we spoke at the start that, you know, Channel 4 News is on at seven o'clock. It's a longer program. It's almost an hour, um, an hour long and has been like that for a very long time. So while other news channels in the UK have perhaps moved around their nine o'clock bulletin, their 10 o'clock bulletin um, over time, you know, Channel 4 at seven o'clock has very much been appointment to view for a very, very long, a very, very long time. But taking that information that you're now gaining and translating that into other platforms, that that presume that puts some additional pressure, I, I guess, in, in trying to tell it in, in lots of different ways. Because I think one thing that's come up again through the podcast is that if you create something once and just try and distribute the same thing everywhere, it's not necessarily going to work. So, so how does it work when you're trying to tell the story online as well as on linear? And even online, there's different flavors of, of what you're trying to do. Absolutely. And I think having a bespoke offering, the, the um, digital platforms is really important. Um, one of the, I mean, as I said, we've got this beautiful 10 foot, um, 10 foot screen, but actually what does that look like on a, when you're looking at it on your phone and actually, does it look really small? Can you really understand what the graphs are telling you? Um, we've got these, um, smaller video walls. And so we'll be experimenting with what we can put in those spins and how, how they might work and how that might be, um, better for a digital platform and actually do we need to be a bit more simplistic and and break out um some of the key points within the data that we're that we're trying to um trying to tell the audience about but i think ultimately craig it's going to be a bit of experimentation with what works and sort of what the audience feedback is but actually even just putting what we delivered for the program onto certain platforms, they've still performed really well, which has been a bit surprising for us. We know we're going to have to develop that. And we know that we can't just be, um, we can't just take it for granted that we can just, you know, in and out and, and, and slots it into a digital platform. Um, but it's really interesting that even just that offering has done really well for us. And I think that just, that just points to the appetites and the audience to have things explained to them in, in, Way to death. A couple of things that you said there about one is about experimentation, and the other interesting thing that you said was that you're still you yourselves are still trying to figure it out. You know, I think a lot of people, you know, looking from the outside, they think, oh, it's Channel Four News, it's the network, they've they've got all these things actually worked out in itself. So, is it important for 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 Channel Four, not just on this initiative, I guess, to experiment, to try new things, and, and to see? And I guess the other thing is about having the editorial freedom to go and do it. I mean, I think that's what Channel 4 News is is about. It's what it's always been about. It's always been um, offering something that's different. I mean, it prides itself on sort of being unconventional um, and not but unconventional sake, but deliberately to, to try different things, to push boundaries um, and to um, showcase the diversity of views and the diversity of stories, you know, um, on on the program, we also have, you know, as well as having stories by our journeys, we also have a number of stories that that come from um, EDs out out and about across the country who are pitching stories um, into our newsroom. So I think it's just part and parcel of what this program is about and what it's been about historically. That you know. We shouldn't be scared of 
experimentation and innovation and it's what it's what ultimately makes us better another area around the use of data um, that i know some people are looking at is is actually how ai can perhaps help in identifying patterns in in stories as well and i know if we see i know ai is being used in things like the panama papers to, to scan enormous data sets and things like that as well so is that part of the role if you like is to, to then analyze okay where is it that something like AI can actually help us here? So it's interesting because this feels like a, a recent conversation that we were having within the newsroom actually talking about AI and, and what the benefits and, and what the negatives are. I mean, lots of journalists um, who you will have spoken to will be using AI to translate interviews so they've got, you know, a, a written version of, of what they filmed or what they've recorded um, as you talked about, data mining is just sort of, you know, something that that people are using AI for and, and the Panama Papers is a really good example. Um, yeah. I think also um, coding is becoming increasingly important for uh, when you've got those large data sets and you're looking to pull information together in, in relevant ways. Um, and as part of preparing the, for our chat today, Craig, you know, I was told that our directors use AI for Aston delivery, um, and that's just part and parcel of the workflow. So um, I think it, AI will inevitably um, be part of, you know, one of the tools that we use to, to help um, uncover these data-driven stories. Um, I mean, gosh, how it works today will probably be very different to how it might work in a month's time or two months' time or six months down the line because it's evolving so so quickly. Um, but I think that we've got such a high calibre of journalists that, that work on the programme that are working on this particular um, data journalism unit um, that, you know, it will be very much human, human-led, which seems like a strange thing to me to say, but, you know, there are, there are journalists and real people at the forefront of the stories that we're trying to uncover. Yeah, in one pre previous podcast episode, um, we spoke to the innovation editor of ABC News in Australia, and one of the phrases that she used was the importance of the human in the loop. Um, and actually what the AI is doing is actually assisting the journalist. Absolutely. As opposed to being something that's seen as a, a sort of threat to them, if you like. Um, and I thought that was a really interesting sort of phrase to use. It was about the human in the loop, and it's interesting to hear you, you know, kind of talk about that um, as well. Coming back to the, the, the issue around data journalism itself. So you've, you've only just started with it. You know, it's something that's relatively, it's relatively new. And the other thing that's new is your move to the, to the studio in, in Leeds. Um, so Channel 4 News, um, uh, historically always based in London, uh, produced um, out from uh, studios in, in London as well. Why feel the need to have this second base, if you like? And what do you think it's going to add to the programme to have it? So um, I'm really glad that you used the word base because it, we're not just a regional outpost of the, um, of the main programme. Um, we are, you know, on an on an even even footing, and you know, initially, um, the drive for uh, a second operational base was sort of hand in hand with the work that the that Channel Four was doing, and 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 looking at spreading, um, spreading its um, its workforce across the country, and I think lots of other media organisations have have done similar things. Um, 
and and there were lots of people that were pitching for you know lots of cities pitching for Channel Four to 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 come and you know build their headquarters here. It was somebody who was who lived in Leeds for more than twenty years. You know, it was fantastic when that invest we knew that that investment was coming to this city. Um, and it's you know I wouldn't be working for Channel Four News had they not come to Leeds. You know, I'm 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 very much aware that it's given me personally an opportunity, and I'm hoping that it will give lots of other um, journalists an opportunity to continue their careers outside of outside of London and not feel that they have to um, have to go down to London to have those opportunities. I think what this newsroom gives us is um, an opportunity to be embedded within a community that isn't that isn't London to have people working in a different area and going to do their shopping in a different area and catching their buses in a different way or or getting the trains in a different way and all of those lived experiences that are important when you're looking for stories because you just hear things in a with a different set of ears and you hear different problems i think channel 4 news has always prided itself on telling stories um, from across the UK as well as across the globe, and I think having a presence in another um, in another location really adds to that. In this newsroom, uh, we don't just have journalists that are working for the linear output. We've got digital digital focus stuff as well. And one of the things that I'm really keen to develop is that closer collaboration. Um, and I'm sure lots of people have told you the same thing. Craig, about the you know the importance of, of people working across platforms as opposed to working in their working in their silos, and the benefit that we've got with um, with this newsroom is that we're not embedded with our sort of traditional ways of working because most of us are are new or new to the newsroom or or new to Channel Four News, and so actually we can we can innovate in a way um, that perhaps wouldn't have been possible if you were just trying to start with a new team um, at Grey's Inn Road where, where the London team are based. I think a lot of what you've spoken about there is about diversification of voice, if that's the maybe right phrase to, to use for it. You know, I think there's a temptation, and not just here in the UK. And, you know, in the UK, a lot of people talk about the news is London-centric. It's, it's Westminster-centric because it's dominated by politics. You know, I think in Washington, they talk about people not seeing things outside the beltway. So there's a similar, you know, aspect to, to, to things there. So how important is it for Channel 4 News to have that diversification of voice, not just in the coverage, but also in the people that actually work for the organisation? Because that can provide a completely different set of views, set of expectations, and set of story interests, I guess, compared to perhaps a more traditional organisation that may be based in the southeast of England? I mean, it's massively important, Craig. And and as you say, if you if you have people with different interests and um and different life experiences, then they're bound to bring you um different stories. I think all media organisations are trying to get to stories that really resonate with communities and audiences. And if you're only based in one particular part of, of the country, you know, whether it's London or the Southeast, then it's naturally going to be harder for you to to tell those different stories or or go to find those different experts that might give you a different 
a different look. I mean, one of the benefits that we have by being um, here with a studio here as opposed to a bureau, you know, we're not we're not a bureau. We've got a studio here and we're delivering um, half of the programme from our, from our lead studio and have been um, since last year, is that we can also get guests and experts and analysts in um, that also have that different lived experience, you know, um, so that we are, we are um, telling stories from a, from what feels like a, a three different, three different eyes. Um, and it means that we've got that um, morality of voices um, that I think perhaps other, other news programs perhaps struggle to do. And I do think that there's, you know, as wonderful as um, technology has been to enable us to reach people in different parts of the world, be it on Zoom or Teams or whatever, whatever communication um, means you can. You know, it's been a massive leveler and it's really helped broadcasters to get to different voices. The fact that we can we can get people to Leeds who wouldn't come to our wouldn't be able to come to our studio in London unless it was you know tied in with something else they were doing means that we we can speak to them and we can get more stories from them and it just builds and builds and builds and I think you know it's it's only going to it only is a good thing for the program and it will only continue to be a good thing for the program. Yeah, I mean, we so we spoke earlier on about you know data and how you're using you know data to to identify new stories and things like that. What about internally? Are you also using data to analyze what you're doing um, as well? Because one of the things I guess that there's overnight audience figures, which is one thing, but because you've got the online presence now, that can give you different kind of data analytics as well. Is that something that you also try to take into consideration now? I think it's something that all newsrooms are having to do, aren't they? And I think on digital platforms, almost there's an abundance of data. And you can see, you know, minutes watched and total minutes viewed and where are they, where in the world are they, who are they, what are our demographics? Absolutely, those KPIs are, are massively um, are massively important in order to be able to analyse whether you're reaching the audiences that you were hoping to reach with particular stories. Um, you know, and, and let's be honest, we're hoping that those digital audiences are predominantly younger so that we're we're growing our audience um we're growing our audience so that we're um we're we're future proofing ourselves um but i also think it's really interesting to see well where did the drop off occur and like what happened there why didn't that work and um oh you know if we if we look at something like TikTok, obviously people are just scrolling, aren't they? And and those those seconds seconds played, and whether you get the top right is is massively important. So I think being able to take a a deep dive, looking to how your content is performing, um, is is really is really important. And actually, it's a bit of a, a rabbit hole that you can get lost in as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, journalism is is changing. 
Um, you know, I still think it's a very exciting industry to be involved in. You know, I think it is. Um, there's lots of challenges um, along the way that uh, the organizations face. But I think telling stories in different way, different ways, having different platforms in different ways that you can tell stories, you know, I think is really is really kind of important and significant um, as well. Um, one thing that's come across, Sunita, is, is I think um, uh, your kind of enthusiasm for the, the role that you're in, the location that you're in, um, and obviously the new unit that, that that's kind of started up. Um, it's still very early days, but where do you see things developing, um, particularly around the sort of data journalism? What's your kind of focus for, say, the next year? Oh, gosh, that's a big question, isn't it, Ray? Um, <laughs> I would hope that we are able to really uncover some important stories in the coming year and really be able to point to things that we know we wouldn't have been able to do. And and I think that, you know, as I'm looking over at our, at our data wall, I know that there's a load of creativity that we can release in in the graphics and the way that we can we can tell that. And as I, as I've already said, you know, I'm massively blessed with tremendous graphic designers who are able to really bring those stories to life. So, you know, I would really hope that in in the coming year year we're able to do some really innovative and um groundbreaking work, which feels like a tall order. I step myself, but um, you know, why not why not AY? You've got to have ambitions. There's no doubt about that. And it's, it's always better to, to, to aim high and to, to aim for great things. Um, Sunita, it's lovely to talk to you. Uh, I think it's a really interesting subject. I think it's something we'll probably explore in a bit more detail uh, in other podcast episodes to come. Uh, but there is one question that I ask everyone in the podcast. So I will ask you. And that question is, what is it, if anything, that keeps you up at night? So I've been thinking about this, Craig, because I knew that this question was coming and aside from my children, because um, I've got young children, um, it's got to be data sets now, hasn't it? And making sure that we're interpreting the data in the right way, because actually when you're massively embedded in a story, um, the worry has always been. And it's as true with data as it is with other stories. When you're massively embedded in a story, there comes a point where you think, goodness, am I too close to this? Is this as important as I think it is? And you always just need to take that step back, don't you? And have a look and be like, no, we're absolutely doing the right thing. We're on the right track. So, so it's 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 those spreadsheets and making sure that we're we're on the right tracks. So I'd say, I'd say, Craig. Whoever thought that spreadsheets could be keeping journalists up at night, eh? So thanks to Sunita for taking the time to talk with us and we look forward to seeing what stories they uncover. Now, if you enjoyed what Sunita had to say, then why not subscribe to the podcast to get notified when new episodes are released. Please share, like and review the podcast to help spread the word. Check out the show notes for links to an article on how newsrooms are using technology to drive collaborative workflows and a recent webinar on new innovations which Avid is delivering. Please get in touch. You can follow Avid on all the major social media sites. I'm on both Twitter and Instagram as CraigAW1969 and you can always email us at makingthemedia at avid.com. That's all for now. Thanks to our producer Matt Diggs. Thanks to Sunita for joining us and thanks as always to you for listening. We really do appreciate your support. Join me, Craig Wilson, next time as we chat in detail with the people making the media. Music